hash mark angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. gentlemen welcome to episode 30 of the loudest sports show brought to you by the dorkening network and sponsored by deadly grounds coffee i'm your host patrick rayhall but you can call me patsy the angry nerd and joining me as always my co-host on the show my co-host in life she is slashes the ice queen you got it right this time i know i had to consciously think about what i was I'm doing so and impressed make sure uh you're, make one, sure. you're one for one on both shows i know i did actually no i screwed up because i got the show number wrong i said episode 148 yeah but but in regards to my name yes you are one for one on both shows that, that's the beginning of a streak yeah it's the beginnings of the considerations of uh the start potentially of a going on a streak yeah so congratulations yeah yeah that's pretty good uh you know and, and of course you know we want to go on streaks here uh, on on the sports show because streaks are great winning streaks not losing streaks so much we will talk a little bit about a losing streak uh, an epic losing streak from a team that traded its superstar earlier this year but uh, let's get into it you uh, you came up with a really good um, a really good uh, opening face-off question and this could be looked at a couple of different ways um, you know, because I don't want to consider it because we, we talked uh, uh, towards the uh, beginning of the, the, the podcast when we first started doing it. We had a similar question about uh, draft busts. But your question is, in your opinion, which athlete has been the biggest disappointment to their respective sport? Now, that could go a lot of different ways. Well, and, and just focusing career wise specifically uh not focusing on the player's personal life or anything like that right like so no pete rose even though he is the all-time leader in hits had you know gambled on baseball i mean like there's there's a lot of I mean, athletes that's and we've had this discussion before you know there are several out athletes out there who you know performance on the field is fantastic but performance in their personal life is very 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 much disappointing well, in in i was gonna say in in rose's case he was an active manager while betting against his team right so like I mean, there's, you know, does that count as his career or does that count as his personal life? So, I mean, that's a little different. Uh, that can be a subject for another day. But when it comes to this, you know, you know, I don't want it. I don't want it to be like, you know, a draft bust. I don't want it to be, you know, something like that. I don't want folks to look at it that way because we're going to talk about, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is a guy who played for the Red Sox and 
had several promising years mm-hmm. and just he was very disappointing simply because uh he had such potential and it was almost like he was good in alternating years i'm talking of course about red sox pitcher former red sox pitcher clay buckholtz oh um i liked clay i would always take him on my fantasy teams but it was like this weird thing where he would alternate uh every other year he would have uh a good year and then he'd have a bad year and it was like it was almost like clockwork it was um the weirdest like this is a guy who threw a no hitter once you know he was uh and then like even now like he could still be in the majors if he was still good like he was an all-star a couple of times i just i just pulled his stats up um he was an all-star in 2009. He was sixth in Cy Young voting. He was 17 and seven, with a 2.33 ERA. He had, uh, let's see, he only gave up nine home runs. He had 28 starts. You know, he got a decision in 24 of them. Um, he had 120 strikeouts, but he was never a, a power strikeout guy. Um, he also made All-Star. In 2013, the year that the Sox won the uh, won the World Series, at the All Star break, he was 11 and one with a 9.23 win percentage, a 1.74 ERA, and like he was cruising. And then he just got slightly injured and just stopped playing. Like he was out for months, for months. And, like, he would have the worst fucking excuses for injuries. Like, oh, I picked up my baby wrong, or I, or I fell asleep with my baby. David Price? Yeah, it was, it was, it was worse than Price. Um, I was out playing <clears throat> with my dog Astro. Astro was running around, and he stepped on my foot, and he had a claw out, and now I scratched my foot, and I can't play baseball no more. Oh, I hurt my hand playing Fortnite. Oh. New Master 417 said I was a stupid head, and now it hurt my feelings, and I can't pitch no more. Um, <laughs> and he, he debuted for the Sox in 2007. Again, won a World Series. Uh, he was 2-9 and nine the next year, then 7-4, and four, then 17-7, and seven, then 6-3 and because he just could not stay healthy. Then he was 11-8, and 12-1, and 8-11, and 7-7, 8-10. Seven and seven, and his ERA jumped all over the goddamn place. Because win-loss, like, I don't... Win-loss can be good, like, if you're pitching really well. But, like, Pedro Martinez should have had a lot more wins. But it was almost like this psychological thing. When he pitched, you know, the, the Sox knew that he was just going to be lights out. And they wouldn't... Like, he had the worst run support of any pitcher. It was like this weird psychological thing where the Sox would just not score runs whenever he pitched because they were like, oh, we can kind of take things a little easier because Pedro's pitching. So, oh, I struck out four times. Ah, no big deal. Pedro's pitching. He's only going to give up one run. But, like, they lost so many games, like two to one, one to nothing. Like, he'd get a no decision or a loss simply because... They'd have this high-powered offense. You know, you had Manny, you had Ortiz, you had Lowell, you had, you know, that lineup in 2003. Like, you had a batting champ batting a ninth. Bill Miller won the batting title in 2003, and in 2004 he was batting ninth in that lineup. Like, that was insane. You had Pedroia, Ortiz, 
uh, 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 Damon, Manny, Lowell. Like, you had a, a stacked, stacked. Nomar was on that team for the first half of the year before he got traded to the Cubs. Like, it was nuts, and they just wouldn't score runs for him. So, I prefer to look at ERA. So, his first year's 159 ERA, then a six, which, you know, three and one, pretty good. Then a 675, then a 421, then a 233, 348, 456, 174, that's his all-star year, then 534, then down to 326, then up to 478, up to 1227 when he played for, uh, when he played for the Phillies. He was 0-1 with a 1227 ERA. <laughs> then he went to Arizona, 7-2 with a 201 ERA. Then went to Toronto, 2-5 with a 656 ERA, and that was the end of his career. So, you know, it's, a, it's unfortunate, but yeah, you could almost, you know, like clockwork. Like, you knew this guy was going to get hurt, and he was going to shut down for months. So... That's where I stand on uh, one of the most disappointing players career-wise because this is a guy who could have, you know, probably won 200 games. You know, this is a guy who had to be coaxed into pitching in the World Series in 2013. Remember, he was 12-1. and He was 11-1 and before he got hurt. And then he had to be coaxed into pitching in the World Series. Which was unbelievable. I always thought he looked like Tuka Rask, too. Like, they have very similar facial features. So, uh, how about you, Slashers? What do you, what do you think? Who's the uh, who's disappointing for you? So, I chose to keep it uh, someone who uh, I know of. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you could go back into sports history, and I'm sure there are plenty, a plethora of disappointing athletes, you know, throughout sports history. But I decided to focus on someone who I knew of uh, and could attest to his talents or lack thereof. So I'm going to mention a name, former Boston Bruin. Uh, and, and when I say this name, it might jog your memory a little bit. You might be like, oh, hey, that guy. That, that name sounds familiar. Why do I know this name? I'm talking about Andrew Raycroft. Mm. So Raycroft was drafted 135th overall by the Boston Bruins in the 98 NHL draft. He made his NHL debut in the 2000-2001 season. Um, you know, kind of was brought up from the Baby Bees a couple of times to replace uh, Brian Defoe. Um, you know, it showed some promise, like, you know, a lot of these young studs in the AHL do. And he played his first actual full NHL season in 2000, uh, yeah, 2003, 2004. Um, the Bruins renewed his contract on July 31st, 2003. He played his full first full NHL season in 03-04, uh, compiling a 29-18-9 record with a 2.05 goals against average and a .926 save percentage and three shutouts. This guy was awarded the Calder Memorial Trophy in 2004 rookie as league rookie of the year. Yep. 
so promising. This guy looked great. Like, okay. The Bruins thought they were set for the next 10 years. And then the lockout happened, 2004, 2005. So Raycroft went uh, to play for uh, Swedish hockey for a little bit. And that's what some of the guys did. They went to the KHL. They went over to Europe uh, just to kind of, you know, keep their uh, skates sharp. You know, just yeah. to, to do something. Just Stay still in play. Shape. Right. While, while the lockout happened. Um, when the 2005-2006 season resumed, he came back and he just wasn't the same. He managed only eight wins while being a healthy scratch for the majority of the season. He was demoted to the Bruins' third string position to starter Tim Thomas and rookie backup Hanu Toivonen. Remember those names, guys? I remember um, one of them. So, Raycroft, in the offseason, gets traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for, I don't know if this name is going to ring a bell, but uh, Tuka Rask. Never heard of him. I know, right? That guy. Uh, and it was just kind of a slow decline from there. He played with the Maple Leafs for a little bit. They ended up putting him on waivers and he went to the Colorado Avalanche. He played with them for a little bit. He went to the Vancouver Canucks. He played with them for a little bit, went to the Dallas Stars. Uh, just never really built up, like lived up to that momentum that he built up that first full season that he played in the NHL where he won the Calder Trophy. Mm -hmm. uh, when he played with the Stars, uh, he played for a little bit, and then he was replaced by the backup, and he played out the rest of his contract in the minors. So after that, he ended up going to Europe for a couple of years, where he ultimately retired in 2014. So it reminds me a lot of like Rick DiPietro's career, yeah. where he was up and down. He signed that massive deal, and then... like. Got bought out. Like, he that's has, crazy. Quote, he has since joined the Connecticut Huskies men's ice hockey as a volunteer assistant coach. Yikes. So volunteer that's, that's assistant what he's coach. Doing now. So, so yeah, I mean, this this guy showed so much promise. And the Bruins were like, okay, you know what? This is this is our future, you know, as far as goaltending goes. Because we had to, you know, uh, Tim Thomas and, you know, Hanno Toivonen was supposed to be third. Mm-hmm. Raycroft was supposed to be second in command. He was supposed to be, you know, uh, Raycroft a, a is supposed flyer. to be what Tuca is now. Uh, uh, well, Raycroft, uh, yes, yeah. because Tuca obviously ended up playing Tuca back took up over for, Tim for Thomas. Thomas. Um, Tuca and, beat out Thomas in 2010, and ultimately, you know, Tim Thomas left the Bruins. Tuca is now our starting uh, goalie, except not right now because he's injured. You will get uh, into that's that. That's a story for another day. But yeah, it's just it makes me uh, makes me kind of sad to see some of these guys do so well. And I mean, and he did really well in the AHL too, uh, leading up to his you know first full season in the NHL. But he just he he's so much potential there. So much potential. And uh just just couldn't just couldn't hack it, couldn't do it. You know, and and I, I don't I mean the, the NHL is a different kind of monster than the NHL uh, the the AHL. It's a, a completely different from the kind of hockey that they play over overseas in Europe. Uh so I mean not everyone can do it. And, you know, there are some guys who have a career 
permanently in the AHL. Some guys never make it out of the minors, which there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's just it you know just happens to be you know that that's just that's just happens to be you know their their career path, but but yeah Andrew Raycroft like it, just a, a little a little blip in Bruins history you know uh, started out so strong, uh, had such a spark and and then just completely fizzled out and continued to fizzle until the end of his career. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but. You know, it's... I mean, I was also going to say Tony Romo. As a Cowboys fan, I'm thoroughly disappointed in Tony Romo because he showed uh, so much during the regular season and yet could not take the Cowboys... Well, there's a lot of really into there's the a lot play. of guys I like, mean, like that. I mean, and, and honestly, there's more to it than that. You know, it's it's who was around him and stuff too. The teams but, that they were playing. I mean, like he had Terrell Owens when Terrell Owens was good. Well, he had Terrell Owens for like a year. You know, so I, it was just like the fact that he he couldn't. I was I was looking into it too, and it was this is kind of funny. So I was just kind of like, oh, you know, Tony Romo's disappointing career, and it was all of these quotes about how Tony Romo was saying like, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself for this. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself for that. Jerry Jones quote saying like, oh, you know, if Tony Romo can't take my team to, um, you know, the Super Bowl, I'm gonna be so disappointed. Just like seriously hundreds of mm-hmm. articles quoting different different quotes different times but ultimately Always the, same the same thing, thing over you know, and over again over and over tony romo saying how disappointed he is in his performance how disappointed he is that he couldn't take his team and blah 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 so yeah well that's a good spot to take a break uh you guys let us know if you have any uh, any Anybody that uh, comes to mind for you, obviously we don't want to spend the whole time just talking about disappointing players because we'll be here forever. Ryan Leaf, you know, like, you know, guys that go one, two and see what happened. Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan. Let's let's see what happens with, you know, all these other players. But, uh, yeah, give us some of your thoughts and uh, we'll take a quick break, pay some bills, and uh, we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag strong movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag strong sports memorabilia and more Facebook group. Bergeron on one-timer, St. Rimmer, rebound loose at the top of the crease, Rashad scores! 
And we are back. Thanks for uh, sticking around. And uh, let's just get right into it. We've got a lot to talk about. So, uh, Slashes, what's going on with the NHL? So the Canadians have traded for Eric Stahl, who is formerly of the Sabres. I'm not surprised the Sabres are going to be selling off a lot of guys. Uh, I still want the Bruins to pick up Taylor Hall, even though I wanted him in the offseason. Um yeah, I, the Sabers are. We'll we'll talk more about the Sabers in a couple moments. Stahl is um, a prolific scorer, though. Oh yeah, or he used to be. This year, he's not. He's tapered off a lot, but he is thirty six. But also, sometimes it depends on who you're surrounded by. So maybe you know. And the Canadians aren't terrible. I know they fired their coach and their assistant know, coach made some changes. <laughs> but I mean, the team itself really isn't terrible, uh, especially considering you know the Canadians of the past. So, uh, and, and right now, that whole Canadian division is just looking pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we'll uh, we'll see who ends up coming out of there. But I, I, as I've said for years, as long as you've got Carey Price, you've got a shot. So, speaking of the Sabres, Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins had three assists to reach 1,300 NHL points as the Penguins handed the Sabres their 16th straight loss on Thursday night. Yeah. and So uh, maybe maybe this is good for Stahl. <laughs> and that's not even... Buffalo. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this, but that's not even the worst losing streak how, that we've how seen. How Buffalo can you go? Apparently pretty Buffalo. <laughs> so that same game, the same game that Sidney Crosby uh, reached his 1,300th NHL point, Redeem Zahorna, uh, the Penguins brought him up from the NA, uh, AHL due to injuries on the team, scored his first goal in his first NHL game. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you know... Uh, so far, he's one for one, and, and that's a pretty good way to start off. So we'll see if we'll see if we see more of him. Uh, I'm not 100% sure as to what exactly, like how riddled their team is with injuries and how long he's going to be up playing in the NHL, you know. Uh, but, I mean, if they're impressed with him, they'll probably keep him around. I mean, if there's one thing that the Penguins have not lacked over the past, you know, 10, 15 years of, of having Crosby, it's scoring secondary and tertiary scoring like that team is always loaded there's always like some random guy that comes out of nowhere and scores 20 to 30 goals so Rhett Gardner of the Dallas Stars scored his first career goal on Sunday night against the Predators very nice uh Mika can I say this guy's nails? We'll just call him Mika. Mika from the Rangers, uh, remember we talked about him last week, uh, set an NHL record with six points in consecutive games. So he did three goals and three assists last game. This game, he also had three goals and three assists. So, yeah, he set an NHL record. Yeah, and 
So uh, again, I, I gotta, I gotta my pick of Carter Hart is not looking good for the for the Vezina. So it's six points in consecutive games against the same opponent. Yes. So this was against the Flyers. So the last time he played the Flyers, he he scored six points in the in one period. In one period, yes. Uh, that was the period that they scored seven, seven goals. Points. Yeah, he had a seven fucking goals, hat trick yes. in that and three assists. Um, uh. And it's funny, Zibanejad had been on a bit of a slump, like they'd been talking about. Like he had been like really like hurting for points, and all of a sudden, I guess just play well, against I mean, whoever, Carter Hart. Whoever he sold his soul to, like, good job. Uh, Andre Valesky said a Tampa Vasilevsky. Bay Vasilevsky. Why can I not say these poor guys last? Time? I mean, I can say the first names just fine. Andre Vasilevsky set a Tampa Bay Lightning record with his 12th straight win over the Dallas Stars on Tuesday. Now, is it 12 wins over the Dallas Stars or 12 wins? It's 12 straight, 12 like consecutive. Straight. Okay. Yeah, 12 consecutive I don't know wins. if he just, like, fucking like, owned so the he's Stars. Been, no, he's obviously, you know, starting in goal and has had yeah, gotten be- the win 12 straight times. The Very 12th good. win just happened yeah, to be Yeah, 12 straight wins is, the is, Dallas Stars. is nuts. What, do we else, what else we got? So Jack Campbell made 31 saves in his first start since February 27th. Almost a month. Helping the Maple Leafs end a three-game losing streak with a 2 to nothing win against the Flames last Saturday. Which is good because the, the Leafs... The Leafs' lead in that division is not as insurmountable as it was a few weeks ago when we were talking about it. Like, they're not even the top team in the NHL anymore. Uh, a couple of teams have passed them for most points. Tanner Caro of the Dallas Stars scored his first NHL goal since 2017 in a 3 to nothing win against the Red Wings last Saturday. That's not bad. Jacob Truba from the Rangers. Richard Panic. It would be really Panic. awesome if you would stop Panic. scrolling so I can read the notes that I wrote. Panic. Stop making me sound like I'm wine fever, wine mm. fluish when I'm not. <laughs> I did. That a, had nothing to do I'm with me little, right there. I'm a little wine fluish. Shut up. Uh, Jacob Truba from the Rangers. Richard. Panic. Panic. I know it's P A N I K. <laughs> you would think it's panic, but they pronounce it panic. Panik and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov. I feel like this is. Remember back in the day, there was those infomercials for those Muzzy commercials, like I don't the, know what the muzzy big. Is. You don't know what Muzzy is? No, Muzzy sticks. No, not, not Muzzy. Muzzy. It's like the Rosetta Stone type thing, but for kids. Oh, okay. And it had like the the commercial, and it's like this big like blue monster looking thing. Well, their names you're not used to. You're not used to pronouncing because they're Russian. I need Muzzy for NHL last names. I need I need Muzzy for European last names. I just listen to the guys when they play uh, when they play the Bruins, and that's how I know. Well, but here's the thing: sometimes the spelling of the last name and the actual pronounce, you know, how you pronunciation. Yep, that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily match up. So anyways, those guys all played their 500th NHL game the other night. Because Netsoff is really good. Truba, I, Truba's a guy that I wanted the Bruins to get. Uh, you know, big physical defenseman. I like him. Uh, 500 games, that's, 
That's impressive. That's, you know, you're going on 82 games in a season. Halfway to 1,000. Keep up the good work, guys. Do you think they all put out, uh, you know, like ASMR things, counting to 500? Probably not. Oh, that's too bad. Probably not, no. Uh, The Minnesota Wild have won nine straight wins at home. So just at home, this doesn't include on the road. This is just they've won nine times consecutively at home. So that's pretty cool. Yes. They're actually not looking terrible. The Minnesota Wild are looking pretty good. They've got a solid team. Um, You know, like, not. I mean, they've got some guys that that are, you know, obviously standout players. But they're not a team that kind of jumps off the page at you. But... They're, you know, those are the types of teams, you know, like the, uh, you know, the the solid teams that, you know, aren't necessarily led by these huge superstars, like these big names, you know, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you know, or, or, you know, like the Bruins, you know, like if you got a guy, a bunch of guys that are, you know, all stars, maybe not superstars, um, you know, that those are the teams that can really, you know, cause damage because, they have a consistent talent level all the way up and down uh, their entire roster. And so, like, they match up fairly well. Like, there's not a huge talent disparity between, like, their top line and your top line. But there's a greater disparity between their bottom six and your bottom six. Like, they're they're able to uh, outplay those guys. And if you can win those battles, if you can neutralize the top lines and then win those battles on the bottom six forwards, you know, you're doing something right and you can you can go far. So on Wednesday, something kind of oh, potentially so controversial happened. The NHL fired veteran referee Tim Peel after being caught on a hot mic during the Nashville-Detroit game, admitting that he found a reason to call an infraction against Nashville, presumably, presumably to make up for a perceived injustice earlier in the game, saying, quote, there wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early in the, and then it trails off. Uh, after whistling Predators forward Victor Arvidsson for tripping. Yeah, and now, see, this is a thing. It's kind of like an unwritten rule. Like, you'll see a call go against your team, and it's like, oh, man, I can't believe they made that call. Or, and, or, the, or they didn't make that call. And then... You know, there's another call later on that's also kind of iffy, but it goes in your team's favor. And it's like, oh, all right. Well, that was a makeup call. Everybody knows about it. You just don't talk about it out loud. Right. He said the quiet part loud, and he got fired for it. Like, well, oh, I mean, like, we don't- yeah. And it wasn't just loud. Like, it was really loud. I listened to the audio, and it's not like he was uh, trying to be inconspicuous about it. But, and, like, that's the thing is. Uh, there's everybody knows it happens however it gives the perception well, of favoritism or exactly impartiality which you know as a ref you're supposed to be unbiased to the fullest form you know uh there are some refs who won't referee certain games because they like the team yeah you know like this is my home team so i will not ref 
for this game, um, you know, in an attempt to remain as, as opposed to in the as... NBA where they give you like the most the worst well, fucking like, referees possible, a, you know, in an attempt to remain as unbiased as possible, which is commendable. You know, the refs were up front saying, you know, I, I have a friendship with this player or I have a friendship with this team. So please, you know, I'm not going to ref these games uh, as to just. Well, you know, they should already seem... they they don't do that. The. The union does that well, already. Say, yeah, yeah, but but you know they make it known that you know this is these are teams that I may have some you know bias towards. So yeah, there's and I'm there's not gonna you know I'm not gonna rough these games. There are deep um, statistics to show like, I mean, like oh you're biased against this and you know you make these calls against that team. Like there's you know the stat geeks have gotten into even the refereeing in all sports. But I mean, so we we know that makeup calls happen and usually we 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 say oh it's a it's the hockey gods karmic retribution you know it's it's you know the the hockey gods trying to make everything right you know for a bogus call or lack of call because we've seen that happen you know something uh, doesn't get called that should have been called and you know a, a whole big to do is made and then a makeup call will be made you know on something that you know could potentially have gone you know brush under the rug uh would be called um so yeah i, I think it, uh, when you say it out loud and when you bring attention to it especially when you're mic'd up and the what you're saying is being recorded i mean that's just a stupid thing to do because it also brings in well how often have you done this? Do you have any other stakes in this? Are and they you, can go back and look. Right. Are you trying to affect the outcome of this game for personal gain? Ever since uh, Tim Donahue in the N NBA, you know, he was fixing games that he was refereeing. Of course, he then went on to get rich by uh, writing books about it. But, like, ever since then, any hint of impropriety in, you know, the NBA or the NHL, they really have an issue with except in – Major League Baseball, where if you know that Angel Hernandez is your uh, umpire for any reason, yeah, you're you're fucked because Angel Hernandez is a guy who, uh, a good referee, you don't know who they are. You don't know their like you might hear their name like you know in the NHL, Wes McCauley is a name you hear all the time, mm -hmm. or you know in the NFL it was Ed Hockley, but you knew who Ed Hockley was because he was the dude with the giant fucking biceps, like the guy was jacked as a referee, and you knew their names, but you don't really know. You're not supposed to know who these guys are. Angel Hernandez is a guy who. Like, oh, I'm going to the ballpark today. I'm going to see the Red Sox play the Dodgers. Boy, I can't wait to see Angel Hernandez behind the plate. That's how Angel Hernandez views uh, baseball games. He thinks people are there to see him and makes the game all about him by making these horrific calls. And, like, he's he's well known for this. We'll get into this. That might be a good opening face-off question to do in a, in a, in a while. Uh, but... How does he still have a job? Uh, union, like the union, like they know he's bad. Like the you know, he technically operates within the confines of his job, but like he's so so like. Well, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about him, but we will at at, at a in a future episode. So, 
NHL players are making pleas for fans to contact members of Congress and ask them to support the Willie O'Ree Congressional Medal Act. So for those of you who don't know, there is there, there are multiple congressional medals of, of honor. There are also presidential medals of honor. Uh, the players of the NHL, you know, Willie O'Ree, his number was supposed to be retired this past year, but because of COVID and everything happening, they decided to push it to next year so fans can be in attendance and his family can be there and for it to be more of a, a, a ceremony. And who than- is going to retire his number? The Boston Bruins. Oh, yes. Yes. The Boston. Well, why? Number 22, Willie O'Ree. He was yes, the he, first, he was the black, first player. black player. And he played on the Boston Bruins. Yes. Um, yes. I, 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 I thought you were asking who specifically. No, 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 no. Like, you know, for our folks who aren't from around the here. The Bruins are going to retire his number. There are talks of the number being retired throughout the NHL. Kind of like how Jackie Robinson's number is tired, yes. retired throughout the uh, MLB. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so for those of you who don't know, they're uh, persuading fans to get in touch with their local Congress members to give Willie O'Ree the Congressional Gold Medal. So that is an award bestowed by the U.S. Congress that is the Congress's highest expression of natural appreci- appreciation. But, you know, okay, so I watch drag queens a lot, and sometimes they say appreciation as just, you know, so I, I say that a lot, and then when I'm trying to be serious and say appreciate, I sometimes say appreciate, yeah, because you, 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 and it's, it's, it's a thing. You condition yourself it's to say thing. it that way. So, yeah. It is Congress's highest expression of national appreciation for distinguished achievements and contributions by individuals or institutions. So obviously he would be the perfect recipient for this. And if they can make that happen, you know, either this year or next year, especially with the retiring of his number, you know, it it just kind of goes hand in hand. And with, you know, everything that they're trying to do, you know, the NHL pushing their hockey is for everyone campaign, which they started a few years ago which I think is fantastic you know um, the NHL is truly all for equality uh, much like basketball yeah you know the NBA is you know does does similar stuff but you know uh, Willie O'Ree was such a trailblazer you know uh, being the first black player hockey player yeah in the NHL you know, and and so many players have have looked up to him and and tried to follow in his footsteps. Uh, f- for one, for instance, Jerome Ginla, Jerome Ginla, yep. who who will be inducted into the NHL, the, the Hockey Hall of Fame, yep, uh, later on this year. So, um, you know, it's I think it's cool. There's our petitions. Um, different players have made promotional videos just kind of giving a, a you know like i said a plea to fans and giving their perspective on it as to why uh, i know oh she did um i'm sure know, suban did as well you know just kind of get, yeah giving their perspective as to Pernell why this Carl. person should be given you know this this high high honor honor so so well, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find some of the uh, information for that. We'll post it in the group. Yeah, I know that there's. Um, I'll have to find it. There's uh, like a, a, a petition 
that you can sign or like and send to your local yeah there's probably like an automated email local senator you know, for and stuff. a lot of um yeah they they try to make this you know as simple as possible for you know the hard working constituents and fans so uh but yeah I, I think that's a really cool thing and if they can make it happen that would be great yeah i agree very, i mean very well deserved for everything that he's done and you know continues to do to contribute to you know the nhl and and, and inclusivity in the sport right so now we're gonna get into the bruins oh uh, yeah this week has been a week because we've pretty much been a week without bruins hockey thanks to covid yeah, we have a so, couple of guys in, in protocol. And again, uh, I like the way that they do it. They'll ra- they'd rather cancel the games and just reschedule them later, which is smart because they have all the divisions set up. Well, I so. mean, and, and here's the thing. With the way that the divisions are set up right now, it's easier to do contract uh, contact tracing. Yes. So they can go in and they can say, okay, you know, we can quarantine the team. We can quarantine these other people and nobody else is affected. Uh, And I believe it was, uh, so it was Corrali. It was... um, Krejci? Krejci and Pasternak and... um, I forget who the third, not DeBrusque. It wasn't DeBrusque. Craig Smith, I think. Yes, yes. Um, and there's a there's a fifth one, and I'm not I, I can't recall the name right. Well, that's not. Offhand. Yeah, well, uh, oh, Camphor, I believe. Stephen Camphor. I, okay. I believe it was Camphor. No, Camphor um, just scored a goal the oh. other night. Camphor was called up to replace somebody. Camphor and Carson Kuhlman were called up to replace guys who weren't able to play. Well, uh, anyways, anyways, multiple long guys story out. Short. Uh, yeah, multiple guys out due to COVID, so they canceled, you know, the, pretty much all of the games this week. Uh, the first game that they played was Thursday against the Rangers. No, the Islanders. Islanders. The Islanders. The Islanders. God damn. And they were up 2 nothing. Islanders. Camphor yeah. and Kuhlman scored goals, and they were up 2 nothing at the end of the first. And then the Rangers scored in the second to make it 2-1. And the Bruins scored. And then the Rangers came back to tie it. And it went into overtime. Now, we didn't realize at the time, because we hadn't seen it, we had like a bunch of stuff that was going on Thursday night. Uh, so we only saw like the game-winning goal. And we're like, fuck. And we've said this on the show. Why do you keep starting Halak in goal against the goddamn Islanders? Because now you're 0-4-1. With an overtime loss and a shootout loss. So that's yeah, what the so apparently one is. Tuca started, but had to leave early on due to injury. So he had tweaked his back, which is what we had said. Like, they were kind of, like, shady about it. Like, they didn't want to come up. Because they always do. Like, a guy has a concussion. Oh, it's an upper body injury. Great. Uh, so he had the back injury, and he probably was like, okay, I can I can go. I can, I can play. And... He tweaked it, and let me tell you something, back injuries are no fucking joke. Like, my back is wrecked. I once threw my back out and could not move for 45 minutes picking up a PlayStation controller. Maybe that just, you know, speaks more to my Uh, athletic prowess. You weren't even home. (laughs) I picked it up, and luckily I fell backwards into my recliner. Well, no, and and here's the thing. Here, actually, here's the thing that they don't tell you. Uh, when you get to your like 
mid 30s ish uh the injuries of your younger self come back to haunt you yeah, oh yeah like so injuries that i sustained playing high school sports like the knee that i wrecked uh injuries from you know i was in a car accident in my early 20s that you know i wrecked my back but it healed and i was okay like i'm starting to feel shit from that so yeah like they don't they don't tell you that and then it's also easier to re-injure it as you get older so i'm assuming that, that i mean because tuka's in his early 30s no he's he's like your age is he yeah, Tuka Tuka Rask Tuka Rask is like thirty six. Hold on, we're looking it up right Google. now. Uh, Alexa, Alexa, how old is Tuka Rask? I don't think it's plugged in. No, no, it's not. Never mind. Nineteen eighty seven. Never mind. He's thirty four. He's thirty four. He just turned thirty four on March tenth. Right. So you know he may have re-injured something because he has had a similar injury in the past. And he's yeah. And you got to remember, as a goalie, you are flopping and flipping around all the time, twisting and contorting yourself. Say, like you need to, you know, constantly be. He's very super flexible limber. and limber. Yeah. Um, but even even at that level of flexibility and well, I feel like that's why you know he needs to be really careful pliability when he comes back. You know, when he's healing from an injury and when he comes back to play. You know, I think that's why there's a little more downtime sometimes for goalies uh, in comparison to other team members. You know, because goalies are constantly crouched down. You know, that's a lot of. Uh, a lot of emphasis put on certain muscles in certain parts of the body that not everyone else on the team is experiencing. Right. You know, so you really need to make sure that you are uh, either fully healed or at least able to be at the level of flexibility and mobility that you need to be in order to play this position. Yeah, and you got to remember somebody fell on his back too, so it wasn't even something that right. he did. Right, and and you know, and then that's a whole other thing. You know, it's one thing to injure your back; it's another thing to have like a collision with someone. You know, uh, adding extra force mm -hmm. and kind of contorting things even more. Yeah, so there's a there's just a whole bunch of things working against Tuca right now, and um, hopefully, you know, he can come back sooner. Rather I, than later. What I would like to see is, in the meantime, you know, maybe explore Darth the goalie Vlader. market. Well, I was thinking explore the goalie market because there is... I mean, that would be smart. Well, there's a goalie that's out there that is on the last year of a 10-year contract. A goalie who played his uh, college hockey, I believe, at UConn. Uh, I didn't look that up. I just remember it because uh, he's... Awesome, and I was rooting for him to win the Stanley Cup when he did. Uh, if Jonathan Martinelli's listening, he'll he'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to want to give up a Conn Smythe winner. Even though he's 36, you know, you could have him as a rental, a backup. He'd be a very valuable player. But maybe take a flyer on Jonathan Quick of the Kings. Okay. He, I see you. He hasn't played great recently. You know, the last couple of years, he's he's been down a little bit. But if your choices are Halak or Vlader or Jonathan Quick, 
you know, all you need is, you know, Jonathan Quick to maybe, you know, retain, you know, go on a bit of a streak, you know, three, four weeks. He starts playing some really good hockey. Um, I mean, he's at the end of his deal. And I, I would probably take him over over either of those guys. There are a few other goalies that are on the market. Um, you know, there's some there's some younger guys as well. Halak is 35. I know. But, like, I'm just talking about a guy that you know you're only going to have until the end of the year. But, but I mean, he's such a seasoned veteran that he's, he's playing. He's a con Smythe winner. I mean, winner. like, he's playing like someone who is more towards their 40s, maybe even 40 or he's, 41. You know what I mean? Like, he's, play, he's playing like someone who is at the end of his career. Halak, yeah. I mean, Halak hit his ceiling a long time ago, and his ceiling was a hell of a lot lower than Jonathan Quick. And I, again, I know, you know, it's not an ideal situation. I would rather have Tuka in net. But if Tuka's hurt and he can't go, I don't. I know Tuka's going to try to get out on the ice because this is a contract year for him, and he might sign well, I mean, like a four-year he, deal with somebody. He wants to play, and he wants to play for the Bruins. He said that numerous times, and you know what? I honestly believe him, regardless of what happened. You know, playoffs uh, last year. I honestly, truly do believe him. You know, he has good rapport with his teammates. They're, they 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 form a cohesive unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he's a damn good goaltender, you know. So I, I think you keep Tuka, get rid of Halak, get a better secondary goaltender. Well, I mean, if you're if you're trading right now, like if you're bringing in Jonathan Quick, you're bringing in another one of these goalies. You're bringing him in because Tuka is not going to be able to go. Um. I mean, we'll, you know, do you do you keep do you keep rolling with what you've got? I mean, Vlader looked good the other day. Well, I mean, like clearly they have some pretty clutch tertiary goaltenders. Again, and I will stick by what I always say about guys: let's see more than one game. He had a good game, which no, is I mean, good. You're right. You're right. Like you can't. But but I mean, as far as a you know a, a third string goalie, that looks pretty promising. And they also have that other kid Which, down in the AHL. But that that begs the question: Why didn't they bring him up? Like that's the only. You want to know why? Because Vladar has NHL experience. He played in a relief but, appearance but that, honestly, once. Honestly, but that, is, that was their reasoning. That's that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. He played in one game in relief, and he was fucking terrible in that game, which, again, let's let's see a, a larger sample size. But he's size. also been playing really, really, really well down in Providence, so. Which is, as we've discussed, different competition. But Right. We'll but see. We've got is, a couple more weeks. Yes. We've got a couple more weeks. You know, let's get Vladar a few more games, you know, maybe against some of these uh, higher-end opponents, especially if, like, this is the guy you're going to go into the playoffs with. You know, maybe have him play against Washington or Pittsburgh again or, you know, one of these teams that you just can't beat, like the Devils or the Islanders. Throw him out there for mm -hmm. one of those games. See how he responds. You know, if he gives up 
six in two periods, you know, maybe he's not your guy. But if he takes a shutout into the third, ends up giving up a, a cheap one, and the Bruins win 3-1, okay. I, I, I'll see some more from that. But they have two weeks, basically, to make a decision. Because the, the trade deadline is the 12th. Right. But a lot can happen in two weeks as well. So Right. I mean, I Tuca it, might be fine, and this might be a moot point. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it, it all depends on uh, what exactly is Tuca's issue and the timeline for him officially returning. Right. And, of course, we'll never know that. They know that internally. But if they make a trade for a goalie, that's our answer. Um, I would like to see some defensemen, you know, because they've got a bunch of defensemen that are out, and I do want to see a secondary right-wing scorer. I'm fine with moving Jake DeBrusque if we can get somebody like Taylor Hall. Jack fucking Eichel, like, I know they would be hard-pressed because the guy was a number one pick just a couple years ago, Mm. but Buffalo is trash right now. So they could be selling the farm. And... Again, Hall, Hall is on a one-year prove-it deal, you know, and he, so far he's not. But the one, the saving grace, and I thought this was going to help in the offseason. I was wrong because Hall went for the money, not for, you know, any other connection. His agent is Bobby Orr. So, you know, and then you got to go mm-hmm. into who has a trade clause, who has a no-movement clause, who has... You know, some guys have, like, a 10-team no-trade list or, you you know, whatever. You're like, oh, I have this great deal in place. Yeah, I'm not going to Phoenix or I'm not going to Calgary, you know. So we'll we'll see what happens. I do know that there are several players who are now almost like how in the, the NFL players are kind of itching to go down to Tampa to play for Brady, yep. with Brady. Um that, that, that's kind you know, you of had it right going, before Brady. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, that's kind of the same thing that's happening in the NHL a little bit. There are some players who are kind of itching to go to the Bruins to play uh, with Bergeron under yeah. Bergeron's leadership because they respect him as a player so much. You know, and, and they, they expect big things from this team uh, in the next couple of years. So. And this is, I would say, this is the one sport where the weather like the weather in the the city or the region where you'd be playing is not a factor. Makes no difference at all. Like all these basketball guys, I want to go play in Miami. I want to play in L.A. I want to play in Houston. Taking my talents to South Beach. Like I want to go play in a warm weather place. Same with with football because nobody wants to play outside in Chicago or Green Bay. Like New England was a destination for a long time, but that's because that's where Brady was. You know, so... All right, so we've we've spent uh, a lot of time on hockey. We have a, a, another short MLB thing because you know we're still waiting on uh, on uh, the season to start, and we did have our first uh, catastrophic injury because uh, the season starts on April first. I just did a uh, uh, an NA, uh, an MLB draft, and guy that I I drafted because he looked really good and he was very promising young guy El, uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, he just ruptured his pectoral tendon and he's going to be out for about six months and he was Ooh. a higher up draft pick and um, yeah so yeah he's out 
We are doing a, 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 a draft. Uh, I will post the link because we're trying to get that filled. We only have uh, a couple of spots thus far. So we're trying to get some more spots filled in our uh, The Loudest Sports Show uh, uh, Fantasy Baseball League. And now that I have access to this uh, this treasure trove of memorabilia, um, we're going to put up a couple of prizes for first place and last place. So Ooh. it doesn't matter how good you are. So if you come in first, you'll win a piece of signed memorabilia. I don't know what it is yet. And if you come in last place, you will also win a piece of signed memorabilia. I've got some good – like, we're doing a Boston night coming up, and I have a Wade Boggs jersey. So, um, yeah. I, ooh, I have that I have that Fred Lynn jersey I could maybe put up. Ooh. But, uh, yeah. Well, so, think about it. Let us know because uh, we're looking for some more spots. So, uh, we've got that. So, the big news that I think came out of MLB recently – is that Cubs prospect Jesus Camargo Corrales, who had been with the Cubs since 2014 when he was 18, uh, was caught with 21 pounds of meth and Oxycontin and all kinds of other stuff. And he said, it's not mine, it's my cousin's. And so he was then asked... (laughs) Why I'm just is holding it, it for a friend? Why is it in your team issued Cubs duffel bag? Well, see, you know my uh, my cousin. He was going away. I for gave the weekend, my right? cousin the bag. So and... I uh, let my cousin borrow the bag because, like, hey, I just I, I need a duffel bag. You know, just, just just big enough for some weekend shenanigans, but uh, but not too big. Just just big enough. And I was like, hey, I got you. I uh, need some meth. God bless this meth. I mean, meth is so tacky. And, and, uh, I mean, at I, least choose like a classy drug. Like, and the best part, I don't know, heroin or something. Think like, about the this. Meth is so tacky. You know how like cops always take the picture of the drug bust. Well, in the picture, they stacked up all the bags of meth, but they also had like the Cubs uh, bag in the photo, Selfie. as well as uh, you can't see it in the picture that we that we're looking at, obviously because it's the radio. But I'm talking to Ash as well. Um, the picture that we are looking at is just like all the drugs and the and the duffel bag on the hood of the car. But they also had his drugs. I mean, his glove and his shoes. It was like because that was also in the bag. It's like, hey, how pumped do you think Nike is to have their logo right next to all this all these drugs? So not not awesome. So I mean, did the did the gloves fit him? I would imagine they did because they were you his. Know, if the gloves don't fit. fit yeah. You yeah. must have quit. Yeah, well, this was his glove with his name stitched in it, so <laughs> fairly certain it it, oh, it fit really wah, well. Wah. Like a okay. uh, there's some sort of metaphor of how it fit, you know. You know, I there's like a like a, 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 a colloquial saying like, you know, when something fits really well, it fits like a I don't know, a mitten? No, that's not it. A sock? No. Oh, it'll it'll come to me. So uh, moving on to the NBA, the trade deadline was, uh, we're recording this uh, Friday, the trade deadline was yesterday. Uh, The Celtics were not very busy, but I I have a theory on that. Uh, They were linked all fucking day, and the days leading up, and even coming from the other side in Orlando, Aaron Gordon, he wants a trade, he wants to go to Boston. Boston's really interested, they want to get him. There There were 
rumors swirling that it was going to be Marcus Smart and two first-round picks, and they were going to get Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. And they finally pulled the trigger and sent two second-round picks to Orlando for Evan Fournier, while Orlando sent Aaron, not Eric Gordon, to the Nuggets. So super awesome Way to go. You got another six foot seven, two hundred pound wing who can't fucking rebound. However, good, good, good job, guys. They also traded Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner uh, of the Bulls. Eh, whatever. I don't, meh. Uh, Tice was a much more valuable piece. However, 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 they are currently eyeing the buyout market and have been linked to one of two players that I really wanted them to get for a while because this would definitely take care of their rebounding problem. Andre Drummond, who is in the process of being bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers because they have Jared Allen. They don't need Andre Drummond. It's it's uh, uh, redundant there. So Andre Drummond has been linked. And now this, this would be a huge move because now you can have all these wings that love to shoot, still shoot. And you have Drummond playing down low, protecting the rim and rebounding because they don't have that and they desperately need it. They don't have a guy that can, you know, bang with with uh, Embiid or, you know, play against, uh, you know, say any of the centers, you know, DeAndre Jordan or uh, or Blake Griffin down in uh, in New Jersey. They don't have anybody that can match up. I mean, they don't have to worry about the uh, Orlando with uh, Vucevic. Because Vucevic got traded to the Bulls. Uh, another guy that I kind of wanted to see on the Celtics, uh, J.J. Redick, went to the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers ended up getting a guy that they were trying to get in the offseason, fresh off his championship experience with uh, the Lakers. Uh, the Clippers really wanted Rajon Rondo. And, you know, they pursued him very strongly because they have a point guard in Patrick Beverly, but he's not really a distributor or a scorer. He's a lockdown defender. So, like, they didn't have that. So they ended up sending Lou Williams and two future first, uh, I'm sorry, two future second rounders to the uh, Hawks for Rondo. Rondo just went down there, and this is you know something Shannon Sharp said on first take, and it's like, go to this team, get your money, get paid, and if they trade you, you're still going to have that money. That that contract comes with you, so you're still going to get paid. And now he's on another team, so worked out well for Rondo. Um, the Heat got Victor Oladipo, which. Really helps them. Oladipo had been struggling. Houston had been struggling. And as we alluded to, fresh off a 20-game losing streak. This is the team everyone's like, oh, they're going to be so good. They're going to be so good. They got John Wall. Yeah, John Wall's been nothing. You're paying $40 million for a guy who's, you know, barely serviceable because he's had such a, a, a history of injuries that have just destroyed his career and it sucks because this kid was so promising i loved watching him play you know all those great playoff series against the celtics him and bradley beal just you know lighting up the scoreboard for for washington um lamarcus aldridge who i've mentioned multiple times i would like to see on the celtics was bought out by the spurs but i think he's going to end up in miami because that's who he's been linked to um you know and I think he would absolutely help any team he goes to. He's a six foot ten power forward who can shoot, can rebound. Uh, he's just a, he's an all around, uh, you know, really fun player to watch too. I really like him. And a fun fact uh, to wrap up the uh, the NBA stuff: 
1998, Gary Trent was traded from the Blazers to the Raptors 41 games into his third season. At this year's trade deadline, Gary Trent Jr. was traded from the Blazers to the Raptors 41 games into his third season. I want to credit my cousin Dylan who uh, posted that. I want to make sure he gets credit for it. Uh, although in the, the thing that he posted, it said Gary Trent Sr. Um, in 1998, he wasn't Gary Trent Sr. at the time. So just just saying. Um, uh, now on to football. And this, you know, finally some good news coming out of the NFL. Patriots offensive lineman Justin Heron saved a 71-year-old retired teacher from a sexual assault. I heard about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the the suspect or the perpetrator, I'm not going to say suspect. They know who it was. They got him. Uh, was a 31-year-old man who was trying to force himself on a 71-year-old retired teacher in Tempe, Arizona. In daylight. Broad daylight in a park. Like. People were around and. And Heron went over there and yelled at him to stop. And he didn't. So Heron and his friend grabbed him and held him until police arrived. Restrained him until police arrived. Yeah. Um, They played a uh, voice clip from him on the Sports Hub the other day. Uh, And he was just in complete shock because they're like, you know, how did you know what to do? How do he's like, I didn't, you know, he's like, I I just. That's not something you trained to do. Yeah. It was just like, I I couldn't believe that this was actually happening. You hear about it, but you don't think you're ever going to see it. And, you know, he was just grateful that he was at the right place at the right time and had the ability to, you know, to help. Exactly. He's like, I, he's like, I I just didn't think he's like, I just knew I had to help. So he was, uh, he was also given uh, the outstanding citizen award from Tempe, Arizona police. He went and visited with the victim. uh, And, you know, according to reports, it was out of dry eye in the house. So I know we rip on the NFL all the time for their handling of, of uh, things like this, but I wanted to start off with this good story. No, so, and, and good on good on Heron for, you know, just thinking quick on his feet and, you know. Because it's not just a good story. It's a good local story as well. I know what happened in Arizona, but right, he's but a Patriots so, player. Right, right. You know, but, but good on him for, you know, not hesitating and, you know. Uh, Coming to the rescue. Right. You yeah, know, like there's just, no other way to say it. He came to the rescue. Like you know, he saved the day. I don't know what other, you know, I, it doesn't matter. You know, he was there. He was able to help. And, and that's, you know. That's all that matters. Right. Uh, so we did have a, a little bit of movement, which kind of helped that we, you know, we had to do the show a little later because we're able to uh, talk about the 49ers in a baffling move traded the number 12 pick, their first and third rounders next year, and their first rounder in 2023 to Miami for the number three overall pick, presumably to take a quarterback. Now, San Fran says that they are doing this. They're going to redshirt whoever they play. And if they take a guy like Trey Lance, who didn't really play last year because of COVID, he play, I think he played in one game. Maybe they like his skill set, but they want to redshirt him and have him play under – uh, Garoppolo for a little bit because they do have a good team. Like let him learn the system, evolve, you know, get his skills under his under himself, you know, get get more, uh, you know, comfortable 
with the NFL and the speed of the players, especially where he hasn't played in a year. You know, he hasn't really had any live competition. Um, you c- it would be ludicrous to expect this kid to just come out and start. Uh, so I think that makes sense. You know, of course, all the Patriot fans around here are are clamoring for Jimmy G to be released so he can come play for the Patriots and they don't have to suffer through another season of Cam Newton trying to mm. huck the ball around like it's made of cement. Um, but then Miami did something weird. They turned around and traded the number 12 pick they had just acquired and pick number 123 this year, which is a, a, a fourth rounder, I think. And their 2022 first rounder to Philadelphia for the number six overall pick. Okay. I think Miami is looking for uh, some defensive help. They did just lose Kyle Van Noy, who went back to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting. But, like, the whole draft just got shaken up by the 49ers moving up to presumably, you know, take the third quarterback in as many spots because, you know, Lawrence is going first. Fields is going to go second. Maybe to the Jets, you know, depending on what they do with Sam Darnold. Like, who knows what's going on with Sam Darnold. But the Jets have the second pick. The Jaguars have pick number one. And now the 49ers and all three of those teams are looking for a quarterback. So I think this is going to be an interesting draft. Uh, in other news, the Raiders signed former Saint and Raven, Willie Sneed fourth. I like Willie Sneed. I think he's a, a, a solid player. Uh, he's a fast guy. He's a, you know, decent downfield threat. He's uh, something they can definitely use. So, you know, their receiving core is essentially, uh, you know, John Brown, who started for the Bills for a couple of years, was their number one receiver still t- until Stephon Diggs came in. Uh, Sneed, uh, Henry Ruggs, and uh, Hunter Renfro. Not that Hunter Renfro, the other Hunter Renfro. Not the one that plays for the Red Sox, <laughs> the one that plays for the Raiders. Uh, the Ravens, uh, to make up for that loss, signed Sammy Watkins, former number f- four or five overall pick of the Bills, uh, formerly of the Chiefs, to a one-year $5 million deal. And the part of the reason why he wasn't back with the Chiefs is because he was making like $14 million a year, and he was not worth $14 million a year. So this is essentially a one-year $5 million prove-it deal. The Saints may need to draft some defense because their defensive back, Marcus Lattimore, is facing felony charges stemming from possession of a stolen and loaded gun. So some interesting stuff Hmm. uh, with Marcus Lattimore. Like, I don't know where that came from. I just saw the headline. I didn't have a chance to delve into it a little uh, much deeper than that. But there's some interesting stuff happening. We've got a, we just had a trade deadline. We've got the buyout market going on with the NBA. So there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. Um, you know, we didn't even get to the fact that Draymond Green said he is the greatest defender that ever lived in the NBA, which is fucking preposterous because I can think of like five guys off the top of my head that I would put over him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And one of them right now is making Geico commercials. You know, that being... No, no, no. Dikembe Mutombo, like Not today. I mean, if you're going to say that you're the greatest defender of all time, maybe win Defensive Player of the Year more than once. Because Mark Eaton, you ever heard of Mark Eaton? No, you haven't. No. He was a seven foot four, seven foot four, seven foot six guy. Twice won Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert, who's currently playing, twice won Defensive Player of the Year. Like, there are five guys right now that I... I would take LeBron, I would take uh, uh, Kawhi, Rudy Gobert, 
I would take those guys over him right now. You know? So to say that you're the greatest, like, you're not even, like, the best in your conference. And you're going to say you're the best of all time? The fuck out of here with that. I mean, it must be nice to have that diluted self-confidence. You want to be confident? Fine. Like, that's that's fine. But, like, I don't think I've ever seen him look at the other team's best player and go, I'm shutting that guy down right now. I am the greatest. Now I am leaving town for no reason. So I think this is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, So do you have a hot take or prediction or disagree with something we said? Let us know at theloudestsportshow at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, Twitter at loudest underscore show. Instagram at the loudest sports show. Check out our uh, our Facebook page because we're always uh, dropping some awesome uh, awesome sports memorabilia. Like we uh, we have some Bruins stuff coming up. We have some Red Sox and Patriots stuff. We got a nice Boston sports night coming up. Uh, you know, my cousin that I just mentioned, Dylan, just hit a uh, Magic Johnson jersey a little while uh, a couple days ago. Um, we had somebody who just hit a uh, Bill Belichick signed helmet. So if you are a sports memorabilia collector or you have one in your life, uh, come check us out because we're always raffling off awesome, awesome stuff. You know, a lot of Hall of Famers, a lot of Grant Fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a running joke now because uh, one night I did two hockey jerseys and they were both Grant Fear, one for Edmonton and one for St. Louis. I just thought it was kind of funny. So now we're always talking about Grant Fear jerseys. But uh but, yeah, um, I think that's about it. Uh, Slash, has you got anything you want to add before we go? Uh, until next time, kids, make sure your mic is off before you decide to say shit. Yeah, stupid shit. And get yourself in trouble, and what happens? And what happens when you get in trouble? Oh, and try to stay out of the penalty box, too. There you go. All right. Peace out. We're out of here. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here. <laughs>